Hi, thank you for listening to this episode of the Following Films Podcast, a movie podcast that takes you on a weekly journey into the world of cinema and the minds of the talented individuals who shape it. I'm your host, Chris Maynard, and today we're joined by Rick Korn to discuss his documentary film, A Father's Promise. The film, produced by Cheryl Crow, tells the story of professional musician Mark Barden, whose life changed instantly when his son Daniel was murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary. After the loss of his son, Mark lost all interest in music and vowed to do everything in his power to help prevent gun violence so that no one else must go through what he and his family went through. The film follows Mark as he turned his tragedy into activism and in doing so rediscovered his lost passion for music. The documentary features performances and interviews from Susan Tedeschi, Derek Trucks, Karen Fairchild of Little Big Town, Daryl DMC McDaniels, Bernie Williams, and many, many more. Ultimately, this documentary was another way for Barden to connect and heal through music, as well as to honor Daniel's life and memory. But before we dive into our conversation with Rick, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Bookman's. Bookman's is your go-to independent bookstore, where you can find an extensive selection of books, movies, music, and more. They truly believe in the power of storytelling and the magic of the cinematic arts. So if you're looking to expand your film collection, be sure to visit your nearest Bookman's. There's always something truly wonderful to discover. Have you followed the following films podcast on Spotify? If you have, well, thank you. If you haven't, head on over to Spotify. Search for following films and give us a follow. It really does help the show. A Father's Promise world premiere and North American theatrical run begins on December 8th in New York City. For more information, go to afatherspromisefilm.com. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Good, Rick. How are you today? I'm good. Cold here in New York. (laughs) Well, I'm in Arizona, so it feels cold for us, but I'm aware that if we complain about it being chilly outside, most people, you can't even contain the eye rolling. (laughs) So I'll try to avoid it right now. No, no problem. No problem. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, man. This is, um, is one of those films, one of those subjects that just I... I don't like thinking about, but I think about all the time. You know, I have a 13-year-old and a 7-year-old, and this is the thing that keeps me up in the middle of the night, that makes me question everything I do as a parent constantly. Just by sending our kids to public school, are we taking, are we rolling the dice right now? And so um, thank you for making this film and just re-engaging with the conversation that we cannot let go away. Thank you. I, I'm I'm in this for the same reasons that you are. I've got six uh, granddaughters who are as adorable as me, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, and and I've got you know uh, two daughters and a son. Uh, one of my daughters is a teacher, uh, and her husband is a teacher. They they teach in inner city schools, and I have and my son is an ER doctor. So we, unfortunately, through him, hear a lot about the real volume of of gun violence. But thank you. Thank you for those words. And just uh, how did you become familiar with Mark and his work? How, how did that come together for you? You know, really, it's a great story. I'll give you the, the cliff notes to it. Sure. But um, I was living in a town on the Jersey Shore at the time uh that um was just 
pretty much destroyed by the Sandy Storm. Yeah, which, which happened a month prior to Sandy Sandy Hook, um, and um, it just so happens that the town is connected to the actual Sandy Hook in New Jersey, which is a it's at the very uh, northern end of of the Jersey Shore, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a peninsula that juts out into the Atlantic Ocean. If you move to look to your left, is the skyline of New York. Yep. If you look straight ahead, it's the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and um, there were a bunch of 9-11 uh, rescue and recovery workers, uh, firefighters mostly, um, who came up with this idea of creating uh, uh, these playgrounds for all 26, 20 children and six educators that died. And they they decided to put them in these playgrounds in towns uh, that were destroyed by the Sandy Storm. And we we knew uh, that we were going to get a playground in our town, which desperately needed it. Uh, and but we didn't know who it was. And so the the town elders, so to speak, um, came to me because I'm when I lived in New Jersey, I was pretty well known as kind of the benefit guy who's going to pull Bruce <laughs> Springsteen in or John Bon Jovi or sure. you know, kind of the Jersey Shore guys. And they came to me and said, you know, we need to raise money for this playground uh we don't know who who the parents are yet but um we need to raise money would you do a concert and uh i said you know of course uh gun violence my father-in-law was shot and murdered um on the subway on the way to work um so gun violence in my family um had you know we we knew the at least i had a front row seat unfortunately to the emotional aftermath of that um so i was honored to be asked to do it and then we found out it was the bardens and uh bill lavin uh who's in the movie who was the head person at this organization called where angels play and uh he 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 told us that um mark barden and the barden family uh daniel was going to be the playground uh and um and they also told me he's a musician. He's a professional musician. I, wow, that's that's amazing. He said, but don't say anything, you know, about playing the concert because he can't play music or anything. Right. And so I spoke to Mark um, in the fall of 2013 for the first time and um, told him what our plans were. And we didn't do the concert until the following summer. Uh, and um, we we would speak once a month and. You know, Mark is such a great. I don't know if you've seen the film or. Oh, oh no, of course, it. yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's he is what you see in the film, um, and we became very, very close just from a music standpoint. And I never asked him to play. We had Southside Johnny and Asbury Jukes, and we had right. the Smithereens and a whole bunch of great artists. And I didn't ask him about two weeks before we were doing the event. He he said, um, you know, I went through the. I run a show with him and he goes, well, when am I playing? And that was it. And, um, we, we filmed that concert and Mark that day. And it's been, you know, 10 years. And, uh, we, we started filming in- intermittently. Um, and as Sandy Hook promise started to grow, um, what we thought was going to be a movie about, the healing power of music turned into much more than that. Right. And um, 
as you see in the movie. But uh, that's that's how Mark and I met. And we've been uh, everyone will tell you, you know, that in this movie or the people that you meet that know Mark, it's like Mark is my best friend. You know, because not me, but everyone says right. that about, yeah, yeah. you know, because he's that that kind of guy. You know, he's you know, the minute I spoke to him that first time, I felt like I knew him my whole life. You know, that's who Mark is. And uh, he, the way he rewired himself, which I was witness of, you know, to create Sandy Hook Promise and the incredible work that they've done uh, to this day was, was just, you know, watching this amazing journey and and just documenting it. Well, you touched on something that was one of the top things I had in my notes, which was an assumption I made about this film going into it, that it was going to be about the healing power of music, the healing power of the arts, of being creative, of throwing yourself into something. Um, it's it's a part of it. And Mark says, or, or, uh, he says early on that he there was no healing to be found in music. Yeah. And it seems like the real healing comes in the outreach it comes in the trying to connect and make the world a better place than picking up and moving on and it's there's acceptance that you can't possibly accept but that the healing really does come in trying to pull people together on this and i and i think that it's really odd to look back at this time period 10 years removed from it from 2013 to today and think that where we are today and you assumed this would be our lowest day 13 right. years ago or 10 years ago and it I, i'm just constantly shocked by as a society how far we have not come in that amount of time and how work like what mark is doing and others are doing how selfless and gracious and inspiring they are with their time and and that it is falling on some ears but not nearly enough for my taste yeah um i, I agree um it, it it is um amazing to me how mark and jackie and the and and natalie and and james to a lesser extent because he's more focused on his work and school yeah. but um uh how they put themselves out there you know that amazes me because i know how my wife reacted you know after her father was shot and how that whole family kind of went in you know inside themselves you know and there was no way that they were going to go out you know again it was different times but there was no way that they were going to do what mark and jackie and as you can see most parents didn't want that you know they did this first you know they went out there and, and but it's very very hard to do what you know we do mark and i were doing uh some interviews earlier today um, I happened to be in the car at the time and my wife was was listening. And after we got done with the third or fourth interview, she she said, I don't know how he does it. You know, and I and I say the same thing. I, I don't know how he he does what he does. And to know that your work is your own child's murder every day, day in and day out. And that's really what brings us to where he is in his world now in his life now where he's you know our our approach which i kind of pushed him into is you can do both you yeah. know and um and that's what we're doing with the film and with artists for action and other things that we've, we've been doing together. it's there's that separation of two things that exist at the same time whereas the the grieving and the pain which is just unimaginable and yeah. so impossible to understand from the outside and then read 
purposing your life around that into a way that you're making a difference, but then also finding joy within that new purpose without guilt, which is something that I couldn't even imagine how complicated those emotions must be. Uh, yeah. And I, I you know, I, I still, I, I've known Mark for 10 years and, you know, uh, we speak obviously daily yeah. um, and not just about the film, but, you know, other things, mostly music stuff. <laughs> and he'll call me literally, he will call me uh, from the Senate floor, you know, from outside the Senate floor He'll say, ah, I've been with, you know, senators all day. So what songs do you want to do? (laughs) You know, what what songs are you going to use for that scene? He he just needs that escape, you know, to what to do. What he says is, you know, it's his real self. Mm -hmm. He's a music man, you know, and, you know, he he. And so he views what he does with Sandy Hook promise as being this other person, you know, which you know we need in in the world and he's kind of locked into that he's almost trapped in a way you know in his mind because there's no way that you know he's not gonna you know do what he does that's his purpose in life that's the promise that he's made um but um you know so music allows him to get to who he really is and that to me regardless of how this film turned out or who sees it or who doesn't see it, I think the going through the process and allowing Mark to grow and have that room and, you know, introducing Mark to Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks and, you know, Jimmy Vivino and creating the band, the promise band and giving him a home where music home, where he can, he can let it go. And he's a great, I mean, it's like, this isn't sympathy stuff. It's it's like, you know, whether you speak to Derek Trucks or he's the real deal. He's the real deal. Yeah, yeah there's no real. doubt. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not a musician, but I play enough to <laughs> yeah. to, to know um, when somebody is way outside of my league. And he's definitely yeah. one of those. Um, sorry about the noise in the background. It's at exact no, the, timing when the kids are coming home right now. No, so no, I thought this no, might happen no, at that no, moment. No problem. But, um, so. I was wondering structurally, though, the film feels like it's definitely a reflection of Mark as who he is, that not only in telling his story, but the way that you have songs play out and that you have moments of lightness and grace and humor. But it's not just something that's this. It's obviously it's a heavy film. It has what the subject matter that, that it's dealing with. But I think you show a full person here in the way that you construct the film. And it's not something that's a, a soapbox, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and thank you for that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't, I was very conscious of not wanting to make a gun violence prevention film. Um, it's part of his story as music is part of his story and it's finding that balance and, um, allowing Mark to be Mark was the real key. I I wanted to just show, and Jackie, I wanted to show Mark and Jackie the way they are. I mean, I I'm blown away by Jackie and she, she yeah. she's a teacher. She went back into the elementary school after, you know, as as James says, uh, their son says in the film, uh, she's a hero, you know, and she's done a lot of other things. And she's, you know, th- that has moved the needle just a little bit, you know, as much as we can move the needle. But, yeah, we, we wanted to show them as I see them, you know, uh, and uh, hopefully we accomplish that. 
I, I think you do. Cause I, I think you do feel nothing but warmth for these people. It's not that you, I, I'm on board for something like this anyway. So there's not going to be pushback from the political standpoint, but I do feel like you made a film that you could get past that with people, people that don't agree with my politics could watch this film and really just see a family moving through this and, un, and have an understanding of how you can make, and at least empathize and understand what, how they position their lives now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're not, listen, it, it, we, I think the main thing here is to, I think all parents, not all, but most parents, yeah. um, you know, want their, to protect their kids, regardless of what your, your political persuasion is, or your, you know, your ethnicity or anything like that. It, it, the one common denominator is we all want to keep our kids safe. That's it. Right? And, and that's it. And music kind of helps us bring that together. It's not about taking your guns away or, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, um, you know, we, we don't want to alienate people. It's like, you know, having Karen Fairchild in the film yeah. is really key because it's not easy for someone in country music to be in a film like this, yep. even though we're non-political. I mean, we assert there's some politics and, you know, that background check from 2013. Sure. But, you know, people have to see that their lives are really being affected by the people that we elect in office. And, you know, you can vote for a Republican, but if that Republican has got an A rating with, you know, with the NRA, chances are they're not looking out for your little kid, you know, and, and that, but, but we don't even like go there. Um, you know, no. we, you know, that's not because we don't want to alienate people. You know, we want people to, Hey, the warm's, the water's warm here. Come on in. You know, that's, 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 that's it. Let's dance. Let's sing, you know, let's celebrate life, you know, and hope. Well, I think, and I think that's part of the, the way that you allow songs to play out in this, that you give them room, you give them space and you get to enjoy and fully appreciate the music and you appreciate it on multiple levels. Cause these are clearly incredible musicians throughout that you're seeing really work at top of their game. But then you're also just the, depth behind it and the feeling behind it and the emotion behind it, that it's not something that's lost on you, but you can also watch this and just, I mean, you put together a hell of a soundtrack that you could watch this and you could just listen to this on Spotify and you'd have a hell of a film on its own, but it's, uh, it's more than that. And when we can find that in our films, I think that's really important. And it, it inspires conversations, which I, I would imagine this is impossible not to walk out of a theater and talk about what you've just seen. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I did a few weeks ago when we were, you know, we finished the film uh, is I sent it to a friend of mine who is an NRA member. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's a big gun advocate. You know, he's part of that gun culture down there in Texas, uh, even though he's from New York, but whatever. Um, and, <laughs> um, you know, I sent him the film uh, because he's, you know, so such a staunch, you know, Republican, um, you know, don't take my gun away guy. Yeah, sure. And he said, Rick, I loved this film. Th this is the way it should be done. Yeah. He didn't insult me. You know, you kind of brought me in. And and he said, you know, I would I would 
you know, push my friends to see that the film. And That's wonderful. Says, I'm, not, I'm not telling you this because you're my friend, because he would tell me the truth. But, you know, um, so. Um, so there's still New York inside that Texan. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it is it is one of those things where I, I live in Arizona. And yeah. so I, I know a ton of people that are very much like your friend in Texas, that they have guns in their home. They are big supporters of it. But very few of them, if you look at where you're talking about that A rating from the NRA, would pass that. Most of these right. people, they believe in some common sense. They believe in some right. regulation, which, yeah. you know, on some level whatsoever, be background checks or certain types of munitions that we, you know, they they believe in something that just not a free for all is the answer. Um, the, at least the ones that I know. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Um, you know, I responsible gun owners uh, practice, you know, safety. Yeah. Um, and that's really key. Um, and you know, the, 90% of NRA members agreed with the background check bill in 2013. Yeah. You know, the problem was not 90% of, of Congress, <laughs> you know, that's the problem, you know? Uh, and, you know, it's, I think, you know, I'm hoping with this film and what we're doing with artists for action is that we got to get past that, you know, mm -hmm. we got, you know, it's, there's so much, uh, rhetoric out there about, oh, they're coming to take my guns away and no way. And, you know, whereas the 90% of Americans and 90% of NRA members want com common sense gun laws. I mean, they, they've yeah. got kids, they've got family that they themselves want to stay safe and bridging that gap, you know, it's getting through the, you know, what has been put into their heads you know, yeah. over and over again. Well, that's why you are the right man to be handling material like this, because you created a film that's an olive branch where I would have absolutely approached this on a soapbox and nobody wants my version of this movie. So I <laughs> it was hard, open. believe me, it was really hard. I mean, as <laughs> especially, you know, after Parkland and you've evolved the, the, the that kind of trifecta of the Buffalo Tops shooting yeah. Uh, then a town near where I live in California, uh, Laguna Hills, in a um, in a church, in an Asian American church. Yep. Um, and then Uvalde. And I remember when I was we literally that day, my partner and I were editing and we edit, edit like this, like we are doing now on Zoom. And so I see his screen and I'm able to direct and. We, that day that Uvalde happened, we were going to go through all the Daniel pictures mm -hmm. and select the ones that we thought fit each scene, you know, and we were maybe five minutes into that process, was which we really procrastinated on because we fell in love with Daniel, you know, yeah. like he was our own son. And so it was really hard to go through those pictures and five minutes in. My phone blows up and it's Uvalde. And that's when I just threw my laptop cover yeah. down and said, I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, and that's when you want it. You have that urge of saying, you know, what the F is happening here? You know, you want to. And, you know, basically, you know, I learned through Mark is that you can't be that way. You know, you can't be the angry parent or the angry whatever 
on this topic because it's only going to be heard by one side. Sure. And, and that, you know, Mark and that belief is, is what kind of kept me balanced here. And let's make our point. Let's get out. Let's get to a song, you know, and that's, that's basically was our focus. Well, if a, if a man like him and his family, if they have the wherewithal to find hope in this, and to find a pathway forward. Um, when I have the same reaction that you do um, and slam my laptop closed and ignore it because I just can't take it in anymore. That it's just, I can't go through, I can't see this from the outside again. And because it just engages that part of your brain. And it's, but I, I can't be afforded that. If yeah. they stand up that way in these moments, then at the very least from the outside, I need to do my part by engaging with it. And it's not by correcting yeah. people, they're wrong but trying to find empathy and try to find connection and try to find those points that we can work through this together. So make it not about the politicians, just about the individuals. Right. And, and, you know, I think the Sandy Hook promise approach to that yeah. is, is right on target. You know, Mark runs the Sandy Hook uh, action network. Um, he's in Washington, but he's meeting with, you know, GOP leaders and he's meeting with, you know, uh, congressmen and senators that are Republicans. And, um, you know, they were very big in helping Senator Murphy, who's incredible, um, you know, Senator Murphy, uh, you know, and Senator Cor Cornyn and mm -hmm. bringing those two together. I mean, Senator Cornyn from Texas is going to advocate for a gun bill. You know, it yeah. took a lot of guts to do that. And, um, and I think that's got to be the approach, because if you come at people in, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're an asshole for doing that or whatever, you're not going to get anything done. I've been there. I've had that argument. It doesn't go yeah. anywhere. You just, you lose friends. That's all that right. happens. Yeah, so. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. It makes for an uncomfortable Thanksgiving. It, no, nobody yeah. has a good time with it when you do that. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And that's our approach, you know, with artists for action, which it was an outgrowth of the film. Um, uh, you know, in fact, that that same week that Uvalde and Buffalo and Laguna Hills happened, um, I, you know, said to Mark, I said, one thing that really surprises me is that music artists did not rise up after Las Vegas. Yeah. When you think it would, if there was any time at a concert that, you know, that they would say enough is enough and you know let's and so that's that was kind of the the birth i think we called it something else but that was the birth of artists for action like hey we you know artists i know artists let's get everybody together let's you know and you know cheryl came on board right away karen came on board right away it was interesting a lot of the english artists like peter gabriel and and peter frampton and uh uh, Gavin Rosedale from Bush and yeah. all these British guys were the first ones to come in, right? You know, and I mean, rock and roll is a little different than country music, but you know, we still, you know, even really close friends of Mark, who he played with, you know, played country music with, who was superstar in yeah. country music, they won't touch it. They'll donate big money to Sandy or Promise. But their management that they don't want no no it's going to alienate my fan base and they won't touch it. Um, they're you know Karen is a a rare exception to that. Jason Isbell who's not in the film but Jason is a rare ex ex exception to it. There's a few 
you know? Yeah, there's um, a, in, it feels like there's a movement there where there's becoming more of the, um, yeah, Jason Isbell being a great example of these outsider country artists that have kind of bucked the mainstream and have found great success in it. So, right, exactly. Um, so, you know, as Cheryl said to, to, you know, to Karen, you know, you're a hero because I'm, I'm rock and roll and, you know, we're about peace, love and understanding, but your audience are Trump supporters, you know, <laughs> and, you know, so she's got to, you know, deal with that, but she don't care. She, who, at the end of the day, who's the one that's really kind of the, uh, in my estimation, when somebody stands, you call them, you know, it's what's the punk rock move really there. It's right. the country artist. That's the one that really has something to lose in that right. situation. So yeah, that's exactly. incredibly bold, but yeah. I, I know we're out of time and I, yeah. I had a feeling this was going to happen, that it was going to be mm -hmm. over before I was really <laughs> even aware that it started. Um, but congratulations on the film, man. You got something Thank really you. special here. I highly recommend people checking it out. Um, when and where is the best people, best place to send people to find more information about? Sure. Um, uh, you can go to artistforaction.com uh, and that's artist without the S in, okay. at the end. Um, and uh, that's one place. And then um, we're going to be in theater after uh, December 8th, this Friday, we're premiere in New York. Uh, for a week, it'll it'll run at the Look Cinemas in New York, but then we go nationwide. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations on it, man. You got something really special here, something that's really important, but at no, no time does it forget to be entertaining at the same time. This is a this is a good watch and something I definitely recommend for people. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll send you a copy of the concert on Thursday because it's going to be great. Oh, my God, please. I, I... It's a docu-concert. We do docu-concerts. Really? Yeah. Well, uh actually the concerts that you saw in nashville is that from we those were docu concerts we we show we don't show the film we show excerpts that never made the film and so it's a concert that tells a story smart i love that nice excellent very cool well, well I, I i'm gonna hold you that i'm gonna follow up with sam i want to see this sam <laughs> get on that sam We'll do. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate Take your time. Uh -huh. Take care. Thanks, Thanks for your time, Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
always crack.